Hi everyone, this is Jack and thanks for tuning in and downloading today's episode. As we embrace 2021, Monica and I just wanted to say thank you for all your continued support and great feedback. Please don't forget to sign up for our mastermind group at visualwow.com slash mastermind. The content continues to grow. You can often catch live events as well as sign up for online portfolio reviews with either Monica or myself. Again, thanks for all your support. And now, on with today's episode. Next up on Visual Wow. There was literally ash raining from the sky, and we sold out that show. Rain, whatever. People are coming. You give a comedian a stool and a mic and a beer, (laughs) they're pretty happy. And if you pay them well and take care of them, you have a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartsman. Welcome back, Visual community. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host. Welcome back to the Visual Podcast and uh, real excitement going on here today. I have got live from Modesto, California, Roman Guzman, a wonderful radio personality from the River 105.5 FM outside of the Bay Area in California, who is a tremendous music enthusiast. He's also a comedian, a mentor of comedians, an all-around good guy. I'm going to tell you some great stories about him. We've got a lot of cool things to share today. Roman, welcome to the program. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I, I got to tell you, you, um, you caught me off guard a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, it is what has certainly led us to where we are today talking like this. To the listening audience, uh, I am a huge fan of prog rock. Uh, For any of you who know me, you know I'm still a guitar player. I play in an 80s band, but my heart and passion my whole life has been around prog rock. Yes, and Genesis and King Crimson and Alan Parsons and uh, all the great music that came out from that generation. And I'm a huge fan of of, uh, Genesis and, and Yes and uh, have been a huge follower of John Anderson, the uh, well-known singer and voice of the band, yes. Uh, to the point that I even took my son David to see him uh, with, uh, with Jean-Luc Ponty a couple years ago here in town. Nice. And, uh, and then when I was in Denver last summer, I took both my kids to see him. Uh, it is Thousand Hands or 10,000 Hands show. Uh, in, uh, we saw that in Boulder, Colorado. Anyway, to everybody, I was really intrigued by the fact that during COVID, John Anderson has been putting out a lot of uh, really cute videos, some remakes of Yes songs, and some of his own stuff, and he put out something just before Election Day about the vote and getting out the vote, and I thought it was unbelievable that this amazing legacy musician would take the time to do something like that and take a stand. He's always been an activist, but I didn't know in this level, and so... I I just responded to his Facebook post showing off his new video and I said, hey John, I run a podcast about live events and I'd love to get you on the program to talk about how a professional touring musician has been infected by the global pandemic. And I really didn't expect anything to come of it and that was two months ago. And out of nowhere, a couple of days ago, I get a Facebook ping It says, hey, did you ever hear back from John? And then there's this guy Roman who's there, who's telling me, "I know how to, I know how to get a hold of him," and uh, and here's his information. Roman, thank you for reaching out. It's a super cool story. How about your background and how you know these guys from Yes, and how you have a connection to them? You know, the thing is, 
it's actually a lot easier to get a hold of a lot of these guys than than one would think. And so when I see somebody, you know, trying to make an attempt, it's like, well, you know, I shouldn't be the only one that knows how easy it is. So it's like, you know, want to get it out there. So hopefully that'll that'll work out for you. But, you know, because his PR guy, he he's got a long list of clients that you would be interested in. I noticed that. I mean, yeah. it's some pretty impressive people. Forget about the the offshoots and the six degrees of yes and all those Rick Wakeman players and, right. and stuff like that. But a, a plethora, 150 or, yeah. or more very well-known players yeah. in the game. Yeah. And now, the, guy who, the guy who owns it, Billy, he's a great guy. He's very friendly, very professional. He's an awesome dude. But Well, I'm still hoping out. I, I did reach out to them the other day, and I am, I am hoping that I get a return call. I, I really think it's an important thing for us all to realize. I mean, the Live Events Coalition is something I'm very happy and proud to support and be a part of. Mm-hmm. Look, our industry, we were the first ones to get kicked in the teeth, and we'll be the yeah. last ones to ever recover. Right. From, from the COVID, from the whole global pandemic. And so I think for the listening audience, I think it's a really important thing to understand that, hey, touring musicians, forget about how they may handle their money, but touring musicians, they're used to touring. Yeah. And John Anderson, there's a guy who never sleeps. That man is on the road all the time. Yeah. And I think they have a lot to offer about how they're keeping busy and what they're doing and guys that are doing small concerts out of their own homes and their small studios. Uh, and then you mentioned the fact that John's been on your show before. I didn't even realize you were a podcaster on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, had, I was doing a podcast called Roman's World, which was prog rock with a little bit of Celtic and world music thrown in. And I started to include interviews pretty much right. In fact, my very first, the very first episode, I interviewed a guy named Billy Sherwood, who is now the bass player for Yes. Uh, he's, you know, he was in Circa. He's a lot of, lot of bands. Billy Sherwood's all over the prog rock scene. Right. Uh, but I got to know him. In fact, that's how it started for me. The, the way I got connected with the band was when I, I was um, producing. The River, the radio station where I work, the River, used to be a jazz a jazz uh, station. We used to play smooth jazz. And there's a guy out here, a guy named John Griswold, who's producing a lot of jazz shows. And I would host them because I was the DJ from the station. So it's all about relationships. Absolutely. And, you know, making these connections. But he's got, he had a guy running his sound, a guy named Paul Doty, who's CEO of a sound and light company that's based here in Modesto. And he's, you know, he's big time, this guy. And he was doing these shows. So I met him. John or Paul and I have become friends. He started a podcast back when very few people were doing podcasts called The Odd Pod, A U D P O D, all about sound engineering and things of that nature. So he started this podcast on his own and and asked me if uh, I wanted to guest host here and there. Well, Paul was the tour manager for and ran sound and lights for a band called Yoso. Do you know who they were? Yoso? Yeah. Let's see. Yoso. Uh, that's got to be some spinoff from something like Yes and Spinal Tap. No. <laughs> Close. Members of Yes, members of Toto. Oh, Toto. Just saw they got together. Too, so you yeah. had Bobby Kimball, lead singer, one yep. of the singers for Toto. Yep. And then Billy Sherwood. And Tony K, original keyboard player. Tony K, original keyboard player, absolutely. Yes. So they came together with a couple other dudes and created this band called Yoso. So Paul Doty, on his podcast, he was going to interview 
Tony Cade. He calls me and he says, hey, I know you've interviewed a lot of these jazz musicians on the air and everything. How would you like to inter interview Tony Cade? Now, at the time, Paul did not know that I'm a huge Yes fan. He didn't even know. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll interview Tony. That would be great. So my first connection to Yes was interviewing Tony for my friend Paul Doty's podcast. About a month later, Yoso did their last show at a little town called Rancho Murrieta. And Paul invited me and I got to meet Tony and Billy. That's super cool. And Tony and I hit it off really well because when the show was over, people were sneaking back to where he was and he just wanted to have a smoke and settle down for a second. And I, I kind of ran point and got them over to the Merc table where Tony, you know, Tony will be signing autographs over there just to give him a moment. And he was so sure. appreciative that we kind of became friends. And then, in fact, you might still be able to find this. Circa did a New Year's Eve show here in Modesto. It was online only 2012. And I hosted the thing online live stream with Billy and Tony and the band. And so I, I established those relationships with them. So when I started my podcast, I called Billy right away. And I'm like, hey, man, let me, let me interview. And he was like, great. And then from after that, it was like one after another, being able to, you know, Oliver Wakeman. I've inter interviewed him a couple of times. And then eventually, I got a hold of John Anderson through that same PR company. And I think, you know, like I said, when, when the guy who runs it saw who I'd already interviewed, he thought, okay, well, he's, he's not sure, just a good transition. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I've interviewed John now twice. Uh, I don't know that he'd remember me if we met, but we had some really good interviews. We had well, some good interviews. John, if you're listening to the show, you really affected Roman's life. And I'm looking forward, yeah. more than I could tell you, to get you on to my show and talk a little bit about how you've been keeping busy through this global pandemic and keeping that great smile on you and incredible zest for life that you have. Uh, and, it, and, and I will absolutely credit Roman for connecting us, should that ever happen. Hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, he's a that, great guest, too. He's very funny, very charming, and he's just happy to talk to you. You know, he just, he loves people, and it comes across. Well, I tell you, when he was touring with uh, Jean-Luc Ponty a couple of years ago, I, uh, I, I don't want to say dragged him kicking and screaming, but I took my son David to the Howard Theater, the historic Howard Theater here in Washington, D.C., to see the show. And, and, uh, and a couple of my prog rock buddies. Um, and, and we were only about 30 feet from the stage, a small venue, about 500 people. And we, we were 30 or 40 feet from the stage. And when John got up there and started singing, and, and when Jean-Luc Ponty started playing, yeah. my son turned to me and he goes, they're 70 what? And they play like how? And he was really blown away by it. And then last summer, my daughter and I went out to visit my son who now lives in Denver. And we went to see John Anderson uh, at the Boulder Theater. Uh, incredible, you know, like 75-year-old movie theater converted to a venue. Mm -hmm. uh, and we saw the um, 10,000 Hands Tour. Mm -hmm. uh, again, brilliant, brilliant production. The guy just doesn't quit. Yeah. Um, and the history behind him and, and what he and the band have done over the years and putting the politics aside and all that stuff. Right. Uh, really amazing performer. And so, John, it's not that we're having a whole show about you, but you are definitely the catalyst yeah. to bringing Roman and myself together. Yeah. And we both like to talk to you again. So that all said, so you went from Roman's world and then you parlayed into your new podcast, Yes, yes Sounds. Yes Sounds. 
And I really enjoyed that because you're actually putting incredible set lists together of your favorite music from the Yes genres. And, um, and, and where do you see that going now? You know, I start a lot of things without ever really thinking about where I want it to go. I just sort of, as a matter of fact, much like the band Yes, they talk about when they first started, they all kind of got on the bus to somewhere without really thinking about where it might end up. That's kind of how I started the podcast. Just, I've got all this music. If I, I mean, next to me, I have all my Yes and Related CDs in a separate bookcase and they're all chronological of course they are they, they, they have to, stuff at the top to all the way down to the bottom with the latest with yeah and i've got so much of this stuff and i just thought man how fun it would be to just create you know this show and just uh because one of the things i love is discovering new music especially from artists that i already like you know, to to find these bands or like John Anderson sat in with this uh, this world music group called Cielo y Tierra. He did three songs with them and they're beautiful. And a lot of people have not heard of that. But when you listen to my show, you start hearing things that one of the things is, is playing stuff that maybe you haven't heard. You're going to hear stuff that you know. And then hopefully you'll hear things that you didn't even know. You know, Steve Howe sat in on this f with some other artist that you've never or, you know, Steve Howe was on a Dregs album played with the Dixie Dregs and a lot of people maybe wouldn't know that. So, you know, it's all in Yes Sound. So it's really just a passion. It's really just a love, a love of the music and wanting to wanting to share it. Now, your uh, your platform for Yes Sounds is available on what? On Podchaser or on on It's what? yeah, on Podomatic. Podomatic, sorry. And iTunes. Podomatic and iTunes. So, hey, everybody, as you know, I'm going to put the notes of today's show, all the links to Roman's podcast, uh, and also check him out on the live stream on his radio show. Uh, I checked it out for about an hour this morning. This guy plays great rock and roll music. And if you're in my local community, D.C., you know that we are lacking of a decent rock station in this area now. Uh, Roman's got a great show, Drive Time. So Drive Time, California time, is right, right. in the middle of the afternoon when we're doing nothing here <laughs> on the East Coast because every day is blurred. Thursday during a global pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the show this morning or this afternoon, I might say. Um, let me just, uh, I am afraid, you know, a lot of people would say, Jack, he'll talk about anything. Uh, I, I there was a time I would have done some dueling rock and roll trivia with you. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going there with you, but I will talk to you about how much I've enjoyed uh, Steve Hackett really embracing Seconds Out and his traditional Genesis stuff and yeah. his last two tours have been earth-shattering. Just some of the greatest performances I've ever seen oh, yeah. by one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Um, but let's go back to the 80s. Let's go back and see if we can share some stories about GTR. Yeah, Steve Hackett and Steve Howe. Uh, one of the greatest guitar bands ever put together. Uh, the one album, one hit wonder, uh, incredible band. But for those of us that love that genre, to be able to sit there and watch those guys together were, whew. Yeah. That was some kind of amazing music. Yeah. When things like that happen, when, when little offshoot bands like that happen, you learn really quick, you better go see them because you have no idea how long this band is going to last. And quite often, you're lucky to get the one or two albums at a tour. If you had told me that, um, that Asia was going to make a run for it, 
uh, or yeah. anything would ever come out of that more than you know a one hit wonder. Yeah. Uh, I never would have believed that either. So yeah, uh, uh, all of that kind of stuff. These guys. One of the things that I love and hate about the prog rock genre, and if you add the, I, I love the, the Facebook forums where, you know, 20 years of the debate, Genesis with Peter Gabriel, Genesis right. without Peter Gabriel, <laughs> enough already, it's yeah. Genesis, and Peter Gabriel's Peter Gabriel, and enjoy the, sh- the show, just, yeah. just enjoy it for what it is, yeah. but it is also so incestual that these yeah. guys have really come in and out of each other's lives, and uh, a couple years ago, there was that... Um, Showtime or Cinemax did a kind of behind-the-scenes documentary with all the guys from Genesis with Hackett and Gabriel. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they're all friends. And they've just decided, like in any good marriage that breaks up, we can still be friends. We can still be mom and dad, but we don't have to be Mr. and Mrs. anymore. Right. We're just yeah. to play together, but we're still going to be friends and we still love each other. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. I, I don't want to embarrass myself because if I go any further, I'm going to start challenging you on rock and roll and I'm going to lose that <laughs> and I'm a sore loser. So let's parlay to your world of comedy. You were a stand-up comic. Uh, you had kind of a comic mentoring uh, environment going on for you and you kind of had that all taken away. What, where did that begin and, and what happened in February and March when, when, the, when the guillotine came down? Well, back when our station was a smooth jazz station, I was also um, producing jazz concerts here in Modesto. Uh, there's a restaurant. It's got a nice big uh, room with a beautiful stage. And I was using that place and just putting on these jazz shows. And then when smooth jazz started to have less and less support and then the station flipped to a new format, I kind of stopped doing that. Plus, there were some shows near the end. I was lucky if I had enough money to, to take my wife out to Denny's the next morning. It was getting a little rough doing those shows because they weren't, they weren't cheap. Yeah, the, doing a jazz concert, anywhere from seven to 10 grand to put it on, was, it, was, you know, it was a lot of money. But when I started to do a lot of hosting of events and concerts and, you know, there's a crab feed all the time here and that needs a host. So they call me. Or, you know, bands come to town, so I would get on stage, get the crowd going, and bring the band on. So I'm very comfortable being on stage. Uh, I've got no problem walking out, no matter how big or small the crowd is, I'll walk out onto the stage just fine. So with that, I started to dig some of the local comedians around here, checking out different different events and open mics and things like that. So I started to get to know them. And it was one of those things, just like, you know, everybody that works in an office somewhere, there's a guy who thinks he can do it. There's a guy who thinks that, you know, he'd be pretty funny or everybody tells him, dude, you should be a comedian. You, you know, you should go try that. But rarely does that guy really really come across on stage it's a different yeah grabbing the microphone and getting on stage is a whole different game hey i'm going to stop you for a quick second roman we've got a bunch of people following us on facebook live right now Uh, i want to just tell the listening audience that we are monitoring the chat session if you've got a question for roman you want to talk to him about rock and roll or you want to talk to him about his comedy uh based in and around um east bay is that fair east bay modesto Central Valley. Central Valley. Sorry about yeah. that. Uh, I'm a Livermore boy. I, I was from that other side of the planet, but we were only a hop, skip, and a jump away from each other back in my youth. Uh, so if you're on Facebook Live and you're watching the show uh, and you have a question for Roman, uh, when you see my eyes leave the screen, I am looking at the Facebook page. Uh, if you have any questions, I will feed them uh, to our guest today. Back to Roman Guzman. Sorry about cutting you off there. Not at all. Not at all. 
yeah. So I started talking about, yeah, I should do that. I should, you know, I was telling some of my comedian friends, I'd like to go ahead and try to do an open mic, you know, or do just a small little set somewhere, something. And so I, I wrote some stuff. And then every time the opportunity would come up, there'd be a, some really good reason to not do it. You know, there's always, yeah, the room isn't right. The lighting isn't good. The sound is bad. I'm not feeling well, whatever. I'd always find a way to chicken out. And then finally, one day, a buddy of mine, a very good friend of mine, an artist and an actor, uh, David John Foster, did an, an art show at, on a ship in Stockton. The ship was called the, uh, the Aurora. And this was uh, a big event, and he hired me to host it and do comedy. And I thought, that's it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, going to grab the microphone and just, just going to put it out there. Exactly. And it was there was so many other things going on. There was major distractions all over, and and I just went ahead and did it. I think five people were actually listening. Four of them were laughing. The fifth one was my wife. So I'm like, I'm just you know that was it. So I can finally say I did it. And it was awesome. It was awesome. I, I told the story, actually, about how when I was about 12 years old, I went to Sears to buy Stevie Nicks' first solo album. And because of that, the guy who worked there asked me if I was a gay. Wow. And I was... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I asked me. Transpose that for 2020. <laughs> so I told that story, and it went over really well about how Stevie Nicks outed me when I was 12, and I wasn't even gay. All right. And it went really well. And I got these four people really laughing, and after that, I was like, I was kind of hooked. So I started doing other bits and writing other stories and everything. And then I, I felt like, you know, I'm so... I had a lot of experience presenting these these jazz shows, producing them. I'll just do that with comedy. And instead of paying, you know, 10 grand or seven grand to a band for, to come in and get them all hotel rooms and feed them all dinner and take care of their travel and their air and all that, you give a comedian a stool and a mic and a beer, <laughs> they're pretty happy. And if you pay them well and take care of them, sure, you have a great show, you know? And so I brought all the things that I liked about the jazz show to the comedy show, meaning it's not, you know, a lot of these comedy shows is there's a guy, there's a corner of a pizza place somewhere, there's a brick wall, you know, and a busted PA, football games playing, and he does his set. And that's great. There's a there's definitely a place for that. But I I mine's more of a production. I have professional sound and lights, you know, and seating and tables and table, you know, white tablecloths and everything. And comedians are so used to being treated poorly that when they would come and do my show, they couldn't believe how well they were. <laughs> you know, I treated everybody, you know, you treat them with respect. Well, because you knew what it was like on the other side. Exactly. And, and you know, it's great. Exactly. It's awesome. So we had these great shows and right away word spread. Comedians were contacting me from everywhere, wanting to come and do my show. And we just started selling them out one afternoon. I was doing the final Friday of every month. And well, I did that for two years and things were going great. Two and a half years. And then the, 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 curse, show, the, the curse of 2020, <laughs> I like to call it. So many different things to call it. My brain locks up. So we got shut down, 
you know, I never canceled a show until, until March when I finally had to let it go. I had two guys coming in, two old road dogs that were going to do a double headliner, a guy named Chicago Steve Barkley and, and another guy named Stephen B. And these guys, they have movie credits and television credits, and it was going to be an amazing show. And it sold out, and then it got canceled, and everything got refunded, and we were left spinning. You know, what are we going to do? And so we were just kind of in limbo for a while. And then um, comedians started doing Zoom shows, and I dipped my toe in that for a little bit. But they're just, you know, there wasn't that magic. One of the thing about any anything like that, whether it was the con- music concerts or comedy shows, it's the hanging out with your friends and the artists and the musicians or the comedians. It's it's that camaraderie, uh, you know, telling stories on the dude, road. I'm an, event, I'm an event photographer. No. I mean, I am an involuntary retirement right now. Uh, the things that we're doing just to find something to bring people together. I just want to hang out. I, I don't mm-hmm. even need to high five you, but can we just like, you know, right. toast a beer to each other? Yeah. Can we just do something? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it just the camaraderie. I think my dogs just got very excited about the whole thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, from the listening audience, um, <laughs> Kevin DeShales, let me tell you, this guy unbelievable human being uh and good friend of mine just jumped on facebook uh that he you answered his question before i got a chance to ask you the question kevin was asking about uh where you performed and what what cities you performed and how'd you get started and then you went ahead and answered it you must have like a like a bay area or a california like premonition esp kind of a thing going (laughs) hey um I understand that California, to those of us on the East Coast, first of all, we know that California is kind of really in in a bad place right now. Yeah. Uh, and your governor has made rules that go with like color coded and it's lavender day or it's pink day or it's red day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what is like what's that like living through that? You know, it's um it's <laughs> Out here in the Central Valley, it, it seems as if there are a lot of essential workers because it doesn't look that different. There's still a lot of people on the road. There's still people going to work. There's still a lot of movement out here. Um, you know, where some some areas like in San Francisco, they were showing they were showing video where it just looks like a ghost town. But out here, things are hopping and. When it, you know, when when we went back, because we went back a tier, we got into the red tier, and that opened things up a, a bit, and then we went back, and everything that had opened was supposed to shut down. Now I, I say they were supposed to shut down, but a lot of them have not. You know, there's not supposed to be any outdoor dining, but there is. You know, you know, it's not hard to find. There's there's a lot of things going on. People are still getting together. You know, they there's there's a the feeling of you know you want to do what's right and you want to keep keep everybody safe and healthy. But on the other hand, there's a, well, who, who's the government to tell me who I can and can't see for Christmas. Right. You know, so there's just, it's a lot, there's a lot of different things, but out here, I, my job in radio is still going. My wife works with uh, special needs kids. And so that hasn't stopped. So for us, we're out, you know, we have our regular jobs. The difference with us is I have an eight year old little girl and she's home as opposed to being in school. And so right. even as we speak, she's running around the backyard, you know, with a friend of hers. And I think I'm supposed to be watching them, but well, the I can tell you, I can tell you, we still be I, there I, when we're done. I live just outside the nation's capital. And, uh, for about 25 miles, uh, in, in my area, you, you cannot, there's no more indoor dining. Yeah. 
You can go to a liquor store, you can go to any restaurant and get carry out. Right. Uh, you can't go to a bar, nothing's open. There's no indoor seating whatsoever. It's it's now in average temperatures in the 30s and 40s, so yeah. outdoor dining is not exactly fun. Um, and But I did get our news flash uh, across Facebook earlier today that on January 1st, uh, which we're recording this, for full disclaimer, we're recording this today live, December 30th, tomorrow's New Year's Eve, and I heard that on January 1st, the pandemic's going to disappear. That's- <laughs> Have you heard about this? Uh, my buddy Ian Band is actually following us on Facebook, and he was one of the guys that I... Uh, one of my prog rock nutcase friends who uh, uh, we go back to high school together. We lived around the corner from each other, but we were at that Howard Howard Theater show together with mm. um, uh, with John Anderson with Jean Luc Ponty. Yes, and uh, and then also we've done a Steve Hackett show together, and um, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of fun stuff going on. So I gotta I gotta tell you, most of the interviews, almost every interview that I that I've done where I've interviewed musicians, I'll usually end up putting my foot in my mouth at least one time. And I got a chance to interview Steve Hackett. And we did a phone interview. And I, I, I think it was like four in the morning for me, but it was like afternoon for him. And we had this great interview. And he's, you know, he's a very, he's a smart guy. And it was a, a great conversation. They were having a lot of fun. And one of the things that I'll ask some of the musicians that I interview is if they have any guilty pleasures, any bands that people would be surprised that you listen to, you know, like, you know, just any guilty pleasure, musically speaking. And when I was talking to Steve Hackett and I asked him that question, of all the bands that I picked to make an example in my, I don't know why, of all the ones I pulled out of nowhere, I said, you know, for example, like, if you're a big Kajagugu fan, then, you know, and he said, well, you know, Roman, I work with Nick Beggs quite often, and he was, uh, yeah, I totally forgot Oops. that Nick Beggs was, was part of was part of that band, and he's yeah, over there, you know, here they're a one-hit wonder. Kajagugu is kind of, you know, that's almost like the punchline to a joke, but over there, I guess they were a little more respected than they were. Here. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but if you can get a hold of Steve Hackett, that's a great interview. So basically, what you're saying is, when talking to Steve Hackett, don't kind of try to throw Kanjagugu under. Yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So enough of you know. There, there's my big musical knowledge. There, that was that was a. So let, let's kind of have the interview with John Anderson, if you will, and the other musicians without having them present. What You're far more in tune with what's going on in the music scene than I am at the professional level. What is your take or what are you hearing on the streets about how these guys are, are, are kind of getting by? I mean, it's not about a money thing. It's about right. guys that, you know, pathologically are on tour. Yeah. Guys who don't know how not to be up there performing. Yeah. Um, I mentioned my friend Billy Sherwood. Yep. Who's the bass player for Yes. That guy, I think, is busier now than he's ever been. Every every time he posts something or every time we connect at all, he's got three or four projects, if not more, going on. He is, yeah, he is completely... What, <laughs> I was able to get a lot of, of bigger name comedians to do my show just because... They don't have anything else to do. Musicians seems to be a little different, man. These guys, you know, they're, they're you know, um, there's a sax player named Will Donato who's always going live on Facebook, just playing, you know. And if you can donate, great, you can donate. But he's not really asking for money. He's just out there playing. There's a duo named, if I don't know if you know, uh, there's a duo named Tuck and Patty. Have you heard of them? Nope. 
They're awesome. He plays, they're a married couple. He's this tall dude and he just plays jazz guitar and his wife is the singer. It's just the two of them. And they've been around forever. They've been all over the world. They're on Facebook Live twice a week. That's awesome. Uh, together. And then another one is just him doing guitar tips. You know, he's like doing these virtual class classrooms online. And once again, if you can see it, like you said, it's not about the money. If you can donate, great. If not, oh, well, you can still enjoy it. So there's a lot of that, a lot of these live shows going on. And then other projects. Have you, uh, have you been following any of the... Um uh, the Doobie Brothers have been very busy during uh, during the pandemic. Oh, is that right? They they've been putting out some great YouTube videos uh, that they're recording from home uh, or from each of their home recording studios, and and then uh, editing the whole things together, doing redoing Blackwater and listening nice. to the music and some great great stuff. Uh, like, a, but but almost like the first one, they were putting their little toes in the shallow end, mm-hmm. and now they've got their whole leg in the deep end, and they're. Right. You know, they're really embracing it. And, you know, again, those of us that have had our livelihoods really tremendously affected by COVID-19. I'm just a photographer. Right. I've got a decent living. i got a pretty cool company. I've worked my whole life to build it up and make it something special. It's gone. It'll yeah. be back. It'll be back. And because of it, I've been able to start this podcast that I've wanted to do for years. Right. And so maybe there's a little bit of a silver lining. But you look at guys that are 10 or 20 or 30 years ahead of me that have been touring their whole lives, Mm. that their whole existence is their outreach to touch the customer, to touch the listening audience, Mm. to touch the people in that audience in front of them, whether it's a small venue or a stadium show. And there's no shows. Yeah. There's nothing. And so... I, I think from an emotional side, from a from a, a, a just a spiritual side, to find creative and depression. The word creative <laughs> and the word depression should never be in the same sentence. Yeah, and and that's actually why my wife and I first started this podcast because of a lot of the despair that was kind of being felt around the live events <laughs> community. I can only imagine what some of these professional musicians yeah. are going through without the ability to to perform their music, or a guy like you who, who is so um, on the hand or on the finger on the hand of the pulse for the comedy world, to just, for comedians not to be able to get out there and just share. I mean, granted, you know, we all have YouTube and we have Facebook Live and it's really cool, but there's something about that live performance. It, it makes yeah. a huge difference. It, 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 it's super cool and, 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 and therapeutic to our everyday lives. It'll come back. I, I hope we all can just keep a smile on our face and, and, uh, and positive thinking about that. Uh, how, how about yourself? Where, where do you fall in that world of, of, of the emotional tie and the therapy of, of performing comedy? Yeah, it's, it's when you start doing something like that and you get the bug, it's really hard to, uh, to just, you know, you can't just turn it off, you know? I mean, I can, I can do a 20-minute set for my wife, but she'll leave me eventually. So <laughs> it's, it's rough. And people really want to, to get out and do stuff. When, when we moved into the red tier and we were able to do outdoor shows, my first show sold out. It was, I'm not kidding, it was 107 degrees outside. And we sold out that show. And then the fires started in this area. And the, the following month... There was literally ash raining from the sky, and we sold out that show. 
rain, I whatever. Think, People I, are coming. Yeah, I think we're all thirsty for anything yeah. that breaks the monotony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I produced a gala last night, a virtual gala for a religious organization, and I think a lot of the people tuning in expected to see the clergy sitting behind their desk uh, or on the pulpit asking for money. Right. And we brought them into my studio and we put on a really cool live production for an hour uh, in a professional soundstage. Mm. And and the feedback from the audience was really about thank you for giving us entertainment for an hour, uh, something different to look at and make us feel good that wasn't Netflix. Yeah. Not that I'm knocking Netflix. They've been a very good pacifier for the last almost year. Right. Um, but, but I think we're all really foaming at the mouth for something to get us to that next day, that next week, that next yeah. month to finally hopefully put this all behind us and, and find something that seems like normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it seems like we've gotten to the point where it's almost a race to where, you know, you're either going to get COVID or you're going to get the vaccine, it's going to be, you know, which one will be first? You know what I mean? It's it's out here. That's the way it feels. Because like every day I'm hearing of somebody else that I know that's got it. Fortunately, the most of the people I know are asymptomatic and are just kind of, you know, staying away from everybody because they got the positive uh, uh, result, but wouldn't have even known. Uh, right. But you know, still it's like, well, I mean, eventually, you know, it just seems like it's going to be one or the other. So, so hopefully we'll get this vaccine thing going and, and that'll help because, yeah, people are, are itching to get back. They're, they're- so coming back to the river, coming back to your day job, and I have such admiration for the fact that you actually still have a job and it's a job that you get to communicate with people even throughout this mess. Um, I had another radio, uh, not a personality, but a radio executive uh, on the show last month who was talking to me about from kind of the advertising revenue side of the station mm-hmm. and how they were adjusting things for businesses that are struggling during COVID and those that are thriving during COVID. Right. Um, how have you seen, just by the uh, the everyday connection you have with the drive audience, because you've got the morning show, right? You're the morning right. drive guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a pretty important spot. Uh, are you finding people? Do you have similar interactions? Are people calling in and, you know, whining and complaining or is everybody kind of going with the flow? You know, um, I guess there's, there's a lot of both. There's, there are a lot of businesses that are doing surprisingly well. There's a, a guy, one of our advertisers uh, is a furniture guy. He said, he's never been, he's never been busier because, right. you know, if you're going to be home, you know, you got to make your house comfortable. You know, you want it to be nice. And so let's buy new furniture, I guess. So he's doing, he's doing really well. But then there are others, you know, that are just, that are really struggling. We'll have a month where there's so many commercials on, on the air that, you know, there's barely enough time for anything else. And then other times where, wow, there's only two 30 second spots in this one spot set. And, you know, we got to stretch it out and start playing longer songs or something. It just kind of goes, it seems to be going in waves. So, I just thought of something kind of spontaneously. Yes, we're on Facebook Live. Uh, people are definitely chiming in and seeing what we're all about here. I got a little idea to pass at you. I know we talked about, uh, before our little conversation today, we talked about some of your up-and-coming uh, comics that are in your in your uh, corral, so to speak. Um, love to get maybe a roundtable together with two or three oh. of them. Uh, you can co-host with me. And maybe we just do a little comedy show. Right here on the podcast. 
and we open that up to the listening audience again. We'll put it up on Facebook and um, give these guys a chance just to kind of vent a little bit. Uh, and maybe we can open up the uh, the Zoom link to be public and mm-hmm. get a little bit of audience uh, audience participation. What do you think about that? That sounds like a great idea. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, first of all, just a reminder to the listening audience, I- I'm thrilled about this, Roman. I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm going to put all your social links and ways to get a hold of you in the show notes. Um, I really, from, from the beginning of the whole John Anderson conversation, right. I can't thank you enough. Let's you and I come up with a date. We'll start publicizing it. And since the pandemic's going to be over in two days at the first of the year, <laughs> God, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that just be amazing? Uh, why don't we find a date uh, in January? All right. And, uh, let's get some of your comics on and we'll put together a little show and, uh, and bring it to the community. What do you think? Awesome. That's a great idea. I know just the guys to do it too. Well, listen, as I told you when we started off, I'm a Bay Area boy, born and bred in Livermore, grew up uh, in Livermore and Pleasanton, uh, lived in Davis for a while while my dad was uh, in school in Berkeley. So that whole, you know, it was just a hop, skip and a jump away from where you are. It it warms my heart when I can reach out to to Central California. Um, Please... Please come back to the show with your comics. Awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. Any final thoughts? Uh, you know, I'm just, I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect. And uh, I'm glad I, I discovered your your podcast, too. I've been uh, listening to them, kind of start from the beginning and, and listening to them uh, uh, since a couple of days ago and really enjoying them. You're really good at what you do, man. I've, I've really enjoyed your shows. Hey, I, I really appreciate it. It is, it is absolutely a... Uh, it is a passion. It is a love. It is uh, giving back to a, an industry and a profession that have been very, very good to me. I'm in the fortieth, four zero, fortieth year of my professional career. I oh. I started shooting weddings when I was 16 years old, and well, you can do the math after that. <laughs> and uh, and the podcast is kind of my way of saying thank you. Uh, keeping uh, interesting people coming on the show with some good stories. And trying to keep a pot of positive spin on what is right now a very depressing time yeah. in our industry, uh, as you as you well know. Hey, I really appreciate you being on the show, Roman. I look forward to our next time together. Awesome. Uh, to the Visual Wild listening audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host, and I have had more fun tonight than I have had in a very, very long time. Right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.